Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. As I often do, and by often I mean the one time that I preach here, I introduce our time together with a story. This is a personal story. And this is a story of a time when I believed that I was going to die. It, uh, it's a true story, by the way. Um, and it happened on a Friday, right after youth service. Usually we would go to another youth service, but this time we were invited to a party by my friend Mike. So me, my friend Anthony, my friend JP, and my friend Gabe, we went to this party. There was a bunch of red flags and we ignored them all. The last red flag uh, presented itself in the form of a mile long dirt driveway. Why was it a red flag? Because I was wearing brand new Uptowns, what you guys call Air Force Ones, and they will be messed up in this whole little ordeal. But also, it looked like a scene out of a horror story. Like, mile long dirt driveway, and then there's a house, you see, with like a single light, right? We ignored that red flag, and as we're approaching the house, a guy comes out. Now, I'm sorry there's anybody here by this name, but this is the name of this guy. His name was Jesse, and this is how he pointed, right? This is how he pointed. So he was like, hey, man, what's going on? Welcome to my party. There's food, there's drinks. You guys can have whatever you want. You guys are my invited guests right here, man. You guys can have whatever. Hey, man, you guys look good, because we did look good, right? But then... And then Gabe just leaves into the party. Then JP leaves into the party. And I'm just standing there with Anthony and Jesse. I'm like, what do you do? Because this is literally my first party. I don't know what to do. And Anthony goes, hey, go into the party, scope it out, make sure the guys are okay. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to scope out, but sure. So it could have been five minutes. And JP comes back to Anthony. Then Gabe goes back to Anthony. And I'm like, okay, let me go back to Anthony. So... Jesse's still there. He's like, guys, I have to go do some stuff, but I'll check you guys later, all right? All right? So then JP says, hey, guys, it's Mike. It's like, what happened with Mike? It was like he was dancing with a girl, and apparently the girl had a boyfriend or ex-boyfriend. The details are still unclear. Um, and uh, now they want to fight. Mike. We're like, okay, let's go over there. All right? He's like, no, 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 no. Mike's not here. And they think one of us is Mike. And now they want to fight us. We're like, okay, let's leave, right? <laughs> so we're walking down the mile long dirt driveway. And we hear a commotion behind us, right? And much to our despair, when we turn around, there it is. 30 to 40 guys coming at us with malintent. How did we know they had malintent? One guy had a two by four with nails through them, right? Another guy, a few other guys had bats. One guy had a trident. Guys... It was about to go down, right? Then all of a sudden, Anthony's like, hey, guys, I can take six or seven. What about you, Gabe? He's next to me. He's like, man, I can take six or seven, too. What about you? JP says, man, they have weapons. I can probably take three or four. Now, Charlie, what about you? And I'm like, um, guys, maybe what I can do is when you guys not come out, I can take the body and drag him out of the way so that you guys won't trip over them when you try to knock somebody else out. You know, you can add three or four more to your tally, maybe, I don't know. They're like, Charlie, how many can you take? I'm like, um, guys, maybe one and a half, one and a half. Charlie, that's not a real number. How many can you take? Um, 
guys. Two, I can take two. And I thought I was gonna die. I believed that I was going to die. And I'll tell you how the story ended in a little bit, but how do you believe it ended? I mean, you're probably sitting there believing that I got my butt whooped and that's how I, got my, that's how I lost my hair, right? <laughs> but I wonder if anybody here believes in Charlie. Yes, I am talking in the third person. If anybody believes that Charlie went buck wild and started swinging at all them cats, and they were like, man, this guy is crazy. Let's run away. Or if anybody believes that the cops were called and they got there right in the nick of time. But how do you believe when you hear a story like this, right? You either believe that it ended positively or that it ended negatively. And this is the tension that I want to speak on today. The problem that we all have, because belief can go either way. And unfortunately, just like most people think that I got my butt whooped, we tend to believe that the worst is going to happen. We tend to believe worst case scenario. And that couldn't be truer than in sports. Now, I'm not talking about a specific team, okay? But, like, your start point guard gets hurt right before the season starts and your season's over. It's tragic, Again, I'm not talking about a specific team, but it's tragic, right? And now you have to pick number one in the draft again. But instead of believing that, why don't, like, I believe that, man, you know, we have all these draft picks. They're going to work out. We have a good coach, a good culture. It's going to be okay. Or maybe you're driving down I-4 and your car makes a noise. This happens to me all the time. And then you say, you know what? My car is a lemon. I'm gonna go and trade it in because nothing beats that new car smell. But before you make that bad decision, why don't you go have it, have it checked by a trusted mechanic? It's probably just a tire or something. At least that's what it was for me. <laughs> or this one's a little bit more serious. You gave yourself to someone, right? Like, and and you, you thought that this person, what's it? You guys, you did everything for them. I mean, you, you gave them everything and you, and you gave them more than what they even asked for. You guys were planning your wedding. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they break up with you. And you're left there with more questions than answers. And, and you're wondering, what, what did I do? like, is it me? And then you start believing that it's you and you start believing that you're the problem and then you start believing that you're unlovable. But instead of believing that, why don't you believe that maybe God saved you from a catastrophe and from a huge mistake? Or, or maybe start believing that God can start healing your, your life so you can be the best you that you can be. And the thing is that we can choose to believe for the best or we can choose to believe the worst. And it's a constant battle between hope and despair. And I wrote it like this, despair is free, but hope takes work. Because despair is a belief that is easy. It's easy to dive into despair. Hope is a belief that is hard, that you will lose is a belief, that you will win as a belief. So what will you believe? Today I'll be speaking to you on the topic of a better way to believe, the better way to believe. And my points, they are questions. And these questions will lead us towards an answer. They are guideposts if you will, on our journey towards a better way to believe. So my first question is this. What do you believe? What do you believe? In Romans 4.17, it's talking about Abraham. Abraham is known as the father of faith. And this is the person that we are going to be reading on. 
4.17, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believes, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. I will pause there for a moment because Abraham was promised that he will have a child at a very old age. Not only was he promised this, but his wife was, 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 was old too, and she was barren. And uh, God called into existence something that was not. And he called and, and, and he brought back to life something that was dead. Verse 18, in hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. And Abraham's story, it, it resonates with me. Because you see, I love what I'm doing right now, right? This is my dream. Like, I get to be here speaking to you guys. I get to work at this wonderful place, right? I love this. But my number one dream, like the one thing that I really, I've dreamt for for a long time is to be a dad. I really want to be a father. And uh, about two months ago, I had like this hope, right? I was like, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the air, what we were eating or something. But I had this hope, right? I'm like, we're going to get pregnant. I just know it, right? And, <clears throat> and I'm sorry, this is too TMI, but Diane comes into the room and she's like, hey, it's that time of month. I was like, great. I guess we're not going to have kids. So I got a puppy instead, right? <laughs> but um, I remember that night I laid down and I couldn't sleep. And I remember looking at the ceiling and I was just saying, God, I just, I don't have hope. Like I've lost all hope. And then I started believing things about myself and my, about my situation. And I started believing that we will not have children. I started doubting my, 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 my capability to have children. And I said, you know what? We're probably never gonna have kids. Because I was looking what was in front of me, or not in front of me for that matter, and I told myself, it's not going to happen. And has anyone ever been there? Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, maybe it's not with children, but it's with something else. Like, you believe that you will never find love because you've been hurt, so you'd rather be alone than be hurt again. But instead of believing that, why don't you say, hey, you know what? God is preparing my heart so I can be wiser at choosing next time. Right? Or, or, or... You believe that you will never be good with money. Because every time that you look at your bank account, you're like, what is going on? God, please heal that, right? Take that line out of the front of the number. Anyways, um, that's what I'm praying for, at least, you know? Uh, <laughs> so you gave up even trying, right? But instead of believing that and telling that to yourself, why don't you say this? I can be good with money. And maybe join a small group like Financial Peace University so that you can start getting your stuff in order, right? Or, or you believe that you will never be somebody, that you will never amount to anything because you started a business and it failed. You started another business and it failed. You started school and you failed. And you're wondering, why even try? But instead of believing that, why don't you say this? You know what, I'm just learning how not to do it. I just gotta keep on going. It's okay to fail, it's not okay to stay there. But our thoughts lead us lead us to a place of unbelief, right? So examine your thoughts. Just because you think it doesn't mean that it's true. Proverbs 23, 7, it says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I'm going to change it up a little bit. So as a man believes in his heart, so is he. And we probably all heard this, this quote. It goes like this. You will always go in the direction of your strongest thought, or you will always go in the direction of your strongest Beliefs. So what are you believing today? Are you always thinking 
worst case scenario? Are you always believing worst case scenario? Take those thoughts and put them against something that is true. Put them up against the word of God and see how they stack up. Romans, Romans 10, 17, it says this. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Listen, the truth is not in your feelings. The truth is found in the word of God. You know what happens when you hear the word of God? We just read it. Faith happens when you hear the word of God. So I want to share with you some promises that are in the Bible. There's just five of them, but it's, the Bible is full of promises for you. Are you tired? Did you come here burdened? And you came here with stress, and you believe that you will always live in distress. And you're like, God, I just want to catch a break. Man, I just, I just need rest. Look what it says in Matthew 6, 28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is Jesus inviting you. He's going to give you the rest that you need. Maybe you're believing something uh, that is impossible, and you believe that you're facing something that is impossible, and you know that it cannot be fixed unless there is divine intervention. You have a, 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 a little bit of hope, but you're saying, God, if you don't come, I don't know how I would do it. Look what it says in Mark 10, 27, he looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Maybe you need peace, right? Because you came in here weighed down by anxiety and you believe that you will always live in anxiety because of fear. And, and, and you fear that this, that this anxiety will continually take and rob your peace. Look what it says in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Maybe you believe that you're not worthy because you've never felt worthy. And you believe that no one finds you worthy. But I know one that does. Look at Matthew 6, 26. It says, look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Maybe you don't feel love and you don't believe that, 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 that you're loved because it was never modeled at home, right? And then when you left home, you never found love. So you think that you are not loved and you will never find love and you're unlovable. Look what it says in Jeremiah 31.3. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love and I have drawn you in with an unfailing kindness. You want to know a better what to believe? A better what to believe is the word of God. So stack up your thoughts against the word of God. Stack up your beliefs against the word of God and you see what's going to happen. Which leads me to my next point. Why do you believe? Why do you believe? Mark 9, 21, Jesus is about to heal a young man that has an unclean spirit. And he had, he's asking his dad a question. Look, Mark 9, 21. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. Uh, when we were younger, my sister and I, my dad would take us to Ross. There's nothing wrong with Ross. Right? Sometimes he'll take us to Goodwill. There's nothing wrong with Goodwill. Right? And other times it will take us to like pay less. It's a lot wrong with pay less. That's why they're not in, in business anymore. You know, but anyways, if you know, you know. But um, he will always, well, we've, before we went to Ross, like, like before school started and, and after Christmas break, he would say, hey guys, you only have $100 to spend, so choose wisely. So we would go and every, almost every time, right? We would go over. He'll just be there in the middle of Ross with a little pocket calculator. He'll be like, 
hey, you're over $9.35. You're going to have to get rid of something, right? And uh, my dad didn't know that he was doing this to me, but what that led me to believe was that I, I, I didn't have enough, right? Because I, I wouldn't look at what I had, like the $100 worth of clothing, clothing. I would look at the one that I couldn't get. And that started in me a scarcity mentality. And it led me to debt, a lot of debt. I'm like, you know what? I am never going to go through this again, never again. I'm gonna, if I want it, I'm going to get it. And you know what? $30,000 $30, later in debt, I, I got it. You know what I'm uh, and I still believe in a way that I don't have enough, right? Even in debt. And even with everything I have, I still believe that I don't have enough because it's something that my dad fed us, right? Like it, 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 it's a belief that was fed by my father. And some of us have been walking around with that same belief for a while. And we don't know when it started, but it's been a really long time. Like maybe you're married now and your marriage is hitting a rough patch and you're like, you know what? The way that my parents answered this was to get a divorce. So maybe that's what we should do. And you believe that that is the answer to your rough patch. But instead of doing that, why don't you join couples counseling? Or maybe join a small group so you can see healthier marriages modeled before you. Or maybe your family never really did anything that's like important. Like they never graduated college or some didn't graduate high school. Uh, some didn't start businesses. And you believe that in the same way you're going you're gonna to follow their footsteps. But instead of believing that, why don't you say, you know what, I'm going to be the exception. I'm going to do something greater than they did. But we live in this tension, right? Like between belief and unbelief, much like a father. Look what it says in Mark 9, 23 to 24. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Amen. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. It's like, I believe that you can heal him, but can you? Because he's been sick since childhood. Like, I believe that our, that our rough patch in marriage can, can, we can get better, but, but, but is that really the answer? Or, or, or I believe that I can be somebody and, and I can be the exception, but I, can I? Because, you know, this is what I'm used to living. Or for me, it's like, hey, I believe that I have enough, but then new shoes come out. And I'm like, but do I? And my history... My history, it tells me one thing, but God always tells me another. And I don't know how long I've lived in unbelief, but I know that I need to start walking in the promises that God has for me. Right? Listen, if we look at Abraham, he has so many reasons to not believe. Right? Like God tells him, hey, go to the land that I will show you. And Abraham's like, okay, if it was me, I'd be like, God, can you drop a pin or something? Like GPS, so I can know where I'm going. You know, then then he, was, he, was, he was promised many descendants, but he was super old and his wife was barren. And then after he has the child, he's, God asks him, hey, sacrifice your son to me. Give him back to me. And if we look at Romans 4, 18 through 21, we see a little bit more of this relationship. Look, we went over 18. In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall he ask from me. Look at 19. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as that, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver from the prom concerning the promise of God, but he grew stronger in his faith, and he gave glory to God, fully convinced 
that God was able to do what he had promised. <clears throat> and that's not like us, right? Like we look at our past and we're saying, God, but have you really even been with me? Right? We look at our past and, and, and our failures and we believe that we're going to be this way f- forever. But Abraham didn't do that. He looked at his past. He saw all his failures, all his shortcomings, and no unbelief made him waver. He looked at his past and in everything that he went through and in everything that he did, he saw the faithfulness of God. Maybe that is a good example to follow, right? Like, hey, I'm going through this and I'm going through that and, I'm, and you know, I failed in this and I failed in that, but God's been with me. Yes, I have always believed that I will never have enough. And to right now, I still kind of like believe it, but I know God is working through me. And in everything that I went through, like the loss of my father nine years ago, the insurmountable debt that I continue to find myself in, I still don't have children. I'm still living paycheck to paycheck trying to catch a break. I still doubt a lot. I still have a lot of unbelief. I failed a lot. But through it all, God's faithfulness has been with me. Through it all, God's hand has been with me. And if I look at what I have, I have a house. I have two cars, even though one's broken down, but I have two cars. (laughs) I have a wife that loves me. I have light, I have water, I have AC, I have food, I have clothes. God's, God's been faithful through it all. Even in my unbelief, God's been faithful. And you just watch. In a, in a few months, we're going to tell you, hey, we're pregnant now. And I, I believe it, I believe it, and we're going to just share it with you guys. Amen? A better why to believe is God's faithfulness. And my why, it leads me to my what. Because if I know that God's faithfulness has been with me, I will lean on his word and on his promises, and I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'll be okay. Which is a good way to present to you my third and final question, which is, who do you believe? Who do you believe? You know, this has been the, probably one of the hardest messages for me to prepare and uh, deliver I can tell you this much, my dogs are tired of listening to this message. <laughs> but it's been so hard because um, I believe the most negative things about myself. Like, I believe I can't speak, like I stutter too much, right? Or I say um and uh too much. Or I don't know if I should be walking or if I should be standing behind this. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, why, why do, like, I don't think that I am good enough because I'm stacking up myself against somebody that is better. Why even do this? I'm not good enough. And so many times I have talked myself out of something that God has called me to do because of my belief. And I'm not trying to boast I'm about what I'm about to say, but... Um, I won awards for public speaking when I was younger. And I'm like, and I'm like, I still don't believe in myself though. I still believe that I'm not good enough. And I don't know when it started, but I know that the enemy has had a field day with this. Because I've been believing the lie. So what about you? 
What lies has the enemy been telling you? What have you been believing from a source that is based on lies? That you're not good enough? Who told you that? Who said you weren't good enough? That it's okay for you to finish your life because you don't measure up to something? Who said that? That you will never amount to anything? Who said that? Look what it says in John 8, 44. Pastor JJ shared this last, last uh, week, and I'm just going to share the last part of it. It's talking about Satan. When he lies, when Satan lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Who's lying to you? Is it a parent? An ex-husband or an ex-wife? Maybe a coworker or a family member? Who has the enemy been using in your life to lie to you? And why do you believe them? Because who you believe determines how you believe. And uh, I told you that I was going to tell you the end of the story. Right? So we were there facing imminent death. Right? <laughs> the horde coming towards us with weapons and us four just standing there. We should have just ran away, but we did it, right? And we're trying to tell them, it's like, guys, we're not Mike. They're like, yes, you are. One of you is Mike. It's like, we're not. We don't even know who the girl is. They're like, yes, you do, man. You know who the girl is. We're like, bro, they wanted to fight us based on, like, on something based on a lie, right? And all of a sudden, I don't know where he comes from, right? He came and Jesse's like, what's going on, man? <laughs> what do you want to fight him? These are my friends, guys. They're my, they're my buddies. I know them by name. I, I invited them. Listen, we knew the owner of the house. We were talking with him. We became friends with him. He was someone that at that moment had authority. Listen, you know the owner of the universe. You know the architect of the world. You know the author and the finisher of life. And all authority has been given to him. So when the enemy tries to take you out with lies, when he tries to come at you with the only weapon that he has, you can tell him the truth that is found in God's word. Isaiah 54, 17, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No lie formed against you shall prosper. I'm telling you, don't believe the lies. What if me, 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 instead of believing the lies, I started to believe my wife, who believes in me more than anyone, and who loves me more than anyone? What if I start to believe my pastor who's given me a chance here? He says, hey, Charlie, you have a gift. You can do it. What if I choose to believe my sister that's watching, and she's saying, you know what? That's my little brother, and I love him, and I know he can do this. Or what if I choose to believe all the positive voices that are in my life? Or what if I choose to believe what God says about me? Because the lies of the enemy can never stand against the authority of God. And just like the group of guys had to drop their weapons at the authority of the owner of the house, 
Satan has to drop his weapons at the authority of Jesus. So believe the person with authority. Believe in Jesus. Don't believe in worst case scenarios. Don't believe in the lie. Believe in Jesus. Look what it says in John 14:1. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. A better who to believe is Jesus. He's the hope of the world. And he's here today, Romans 5, 5. He's the hope of the world. And this hope, this hope, this hope does not disappoint us. And this Jesus does not disappoint you. This Jesus will not leave you nor desert you. This Jesus is walking with you every step of the way. This Jesus is here. But we walk around and we're like, oh man, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna hope for the best and prepare for the worst. I'm gonna hope for the best and prepare for the worst, but I don't see that in the Bible because I know a Jesus that, get good, that gives good and perfect gifts and he gives good and perfect gifts to his children and you're his child and I'm telling you, you, you can hope for the best and, and, and prepare for the best because God has nothing but the best for you. So it's time to get your hopes up. So get your hopes up. Get your hopes up because the hope of the world is here. The hope of the world is here and his name is Jesus. So it's Jesus over despair. Jesus over anxiety. Jesus over depression. Jesus over cancer, Jesus over sickness, Jesus over fear, Jesus over heartbreak, Jesus over hurt, Jesus over worry, and Jesus over insecurity. It's Jesus over the past, and it's Jesus over everything. Jesus is here today for you. Jesus is here today, and he's the hope of the world. Come on, somebody. And you're probably saying, Charlie, that's good. That's I feel you, but I don't know Jesus. I don't know this Jesus you speak of. I don't know this hope. He's saying, but I, I will sure love to know him. And if that's you, in a few moments, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Not to embarrass you, but as a public declaration that you say, I want to know Jesus. I want to know the hope of the world. I need to know him. So if that's you and you want to know who this Jesus is, at the count of three, raise your hand. You ready? One, two, three. Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. I see you. 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 Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's give it up for them. You can put your hands down. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to do a short prayer. It's not the whole prayer that you have to have with God. It's not the whole conversation, but it sure is a good start. So say this. Say, Jesus, I give you my heart. Jesus, I give you my heart. Jesus, I give you my heart. Amen and amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, Join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.